welcome to Mind Crime Liberty Show with me, Swithin Dobson, and him, Tim Patton. Today we discuss conspiracy theories. Are they complete whack jobs all the time, or is there something more to them? Tim, what's your take? Conspiracy theories are quite interesting to me. Um, Conspiracy theories, first of all, are a telos or purpose-minded or human action-minded worldview, which is one thing that Rothbard pointed out in his essay on Mises, the Mises Institute, published a while while back. um, That conspiracy theories, in a way, suggest that there's a that humans have plans and make designs and they pursue rational ends. Things don't just happen by accident. Uh, things happen for a reason, and they're by human ends. I also think um, there's a sort of romance to conspiracy theories in a way, and especially the conspiracy theorists. Um, and I and I myself enjoy reading about conspiracy theories. I think they're quite interesting um, in general. So I, I put my cards out on the table. Um, um, in some ways, I don't have anything to lose. I don't work for CNN or Fox News, um, so I have no. There's no. There's no. There's no skin in the game for me to look like a normie. So, so when I when I read *Chariots of the Gods* or Graham Hancock or even Alex Jones, um, I I you know if if they can make a good argument uh, to defend something, I think it's true. Uh, I don't think it's true just because you know the 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 public schools or the main consensus of mainstream universities say things are true. I think it's, if something's true, it's it's true independent of whether or not these things say it's true. So I do think there's a romance to conspiracy theories. Which one reads why I'm interested in them. Um, I also think that that um, one uh, that there's also an anti-romance to non-conspiracy theories. Um, when I talk about the debunkers, you know, um, a while back Graham Hancock was interviewed by the Michael Shermer, the head of uh, uh, Skeptic Magazine. Shermer is one of these quote-unquote debunkers. And I do think there's a kind of Puritan zeal for the debunkers too. So I think both the debunkers and the conspiracy theorists have a kind of of no one's pursuing perfect motives here. I think these points have to be distressed um, um, way before we get the discussion of the actual conspiracy theories. Lay out the cards on the table. Um, and and the debunkers. The problem with the debunkers is they also have a skin in the game in in supporting the mainstream. And many conspiracy theories itself, like the historical ones, like Vietnam, there was a strong reason why Henry McNamara and the you know the, the government didn't want people knowing that many of the premises Vietnam were built on were false or dodgy. Um, um, so, it, it, you know, one of the things I always like to ask people, do you think Noam Chomsky is a conspiracy theorist? I ask left-wing people this. Because basically, in 1970, to believe that the government was lying to you about Vietnam um, was akin to believing in a conspiracy theory. I mean, you know, they had the evidence. Um, so yeah, so both sides on the years have um, hashtag both sides have fine people, and both sides have not so fine people. Uh, I do think there are. I don't think all conspiracy theories are true. Um, I think there are plenty of conspiracy theories are hoaxes, um, or or are not false or not true at all. So I don't believe all of them. Um, but I also don't accept all official accounts either, and I think the mainstream has a tendency to do that, uh, just accept the official account. And another annoying feature about the mainstream, and the historical ones, for example, is many historical conspiracy theories end up being true. Vietnam, classic example. Um, World War One, the Zimmerman telegram, from my understanding, also the thing about Mexico starting a war, was also more or less not as 
not as true as they may sound to be. Um, and, and many wars are just started on false pretenses. Peter Hitchens has a great article recently about the uh, white helmets um, in, in Syria, this, this fake gas attack that probably never happened, which, you know, uh, almost they won, almost a bomb and take out Assad on these grounds. So so there's plenty of there's plenty of things that don't things that did haven't happened. Um, um, and so the historical conspiracy theories are now just sort of history, um, but they don't count. So the debunkers and the skeptics at times are rather frustrating to deal with. Um, but I'm going to start getting the first category, and that's political conspiracy theories. I think political conspiracy theories range from everything from the assassination of Kennedy to wars, which I've shortly discussed, to um, uh, to do things done by the CIA or the FBI, like the surveilling of uh, prominent civil rights leaders. Um, um, again, you know, I'm not really sure. Sometimes, sometimes it seems like the DNC is the party of the FBI anymore. Um, um, or, you know, and so forth. So so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with the first one that really interests me, and that's the assassination of Kennedy. Um, um, there's the famous Oliver Stone movie. It's a great three-hour movie, by the way. Um, now, the movie itself is fictitious. There's a figure in there. But there's a lot of, there's a lot of smoky, there's a lot of, there's a lot of smoke around the um, uh, Kennedy assassination, loose ends. There was the two shots, and there was motive have Kennedy eliminated. Kennedy was no peacenik, but he was no warmonger as well. And that also relates back to Vietnam. Um, that's, that's one of the classic cons- uh, uh, conspiracy theories. And also another factor about that is the all untimely deaths, uh, another thing, and the grass and all. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of interesting evidence surrounding that. Um, um, and Oswald acting alone, and this, this is a thing about a conspiracy theory. You know, is the thing about a conspiracy theory um, when they when people retroactively say that the conspiracy theories are correct, they never really give credit to them. It's never a frustrating thing about it. Um, and and there's some things we just don't know. Uh, we may never know whether or not it was true or not, uh, whether or not Oswald acted alone. But, but there's a classic political conspiracy theory. There seems to be a good motive. Um, it seems that this official explanation has a lot of holes in it. Um, um, and and presidents are fairly guarded figures. Why would a why would a president get shot? Um, you know they have like hundreds of secret service agents around them. Um, so so in some ways the mainstream has a huge burden of proof as well. The next next classic conspiracy theory from the era, which I think is interesting, the moon landing conspiracy theory. The Russians turned out faked certain aspects of their space program, and some of the photos were faked. There was a a um there was a uh, incentive to have a PR win against the Russians. Um, so th- th- that's one key reason why you might want to believe the moon landing is fake. Um, so those are two political conspiracy theories. So with him, so far, what do you make of my comments on those on conspiracy theories in general, the debunkers and the and the truthers, as well as those two political conspiracies I've mentioned, and as well as the Vietnam um, thing? Any comments? I think firstly with a conspiracy theory, um, I think especially with the debunkers, they have an idea in their mind that a conspiracy theory uh, they would always point to is something like, oh, you believe in one world conspiracy from Jewish bankers who are all manipulating everybody on a on a dime. 
And then they go, well, this is completely ridiculous. This is no way you could pull something of that scale off. And then sort of like merrily go on their way, assuming that their overlords um, uh, had their best interests at heart and, you know, would never do such a thing like that. And so if they, if, if they do make things, do make decisions which are bad, well, it's just because, um, you know, they're mistaken or they don't have the right information or something like that. Um, so it, one of the problems with conspiracy theories comes down to kind of a definition. Um, I mean, an obvious definition you could use for a conspiracy is a secret plan from two or more people to produce a goal. But in baked in with the average conspiracy is something that is bad. I mean, a company coming out with, oh, I don't know, Apple coming out with uh, the uh, the iPhone um secretly it was in secret production and they brought it out that's not really a conspiracy so there must be something that's malign there um which i think the um which is true but then the question arises well how malign does it have to be to be a conspiracy because you don't need to say that oh the uh people involved in the conspiracy hate everybody so you could make the claim for example uh, that with the responses to coronavirus, that that is a conspiracy in certain respects. Uh, evidence exhibit A here, I would say, is the Belarusian president claiming he was offered money by the w, uh, World Health Organization and the is the I the IMF of the World Bank. I think it was the World Bank to uh, impose a an Italian style lockdown. Um, so, yeah, you could say that's a conspiracy. But then the question is, well, um, you know, what, what are their motives? I mean, do they really have to hate everybody and just want their own power? Well, no, they could just be indifferent and the results of it be negative. Um, so I think there's a lot of sort of groundwork that kind of needs to be done uh, when it comes to kind of conspiracies. Um, as to what constitutes one. And actually, they're pretty darn widespread. But they're not these sort of global conspiracies that everyone wants to sort of claim are conspiracies. And I think if you recognize some sort of, well, yeah, more local ones can happen all the time, um, you know, on a very low level, I say it's just a secret plan to to produce something that's somewhat malign uh, for various people. Um, but they kind of happen quite often. So, I mean, politicians, for example, need not hate their the underlings. They merely just think, well, I don't really don't really care about what happens to them particularly as long as they vote for me and so they can engage in secret coordinated action which actually ends up harming them but they don't particularly bother do they actually actively want the harm well no they just want the power and money and the influence um that's what uh, their their goal is um so i think that's a baseline with conspiracies in general i think then also we have to ask is with a conspiracy um you know do you have a motivation to do it i think it'd be the first test so someone proposes say a conspiracy theory and there's no obvious motivation for anybody to have the conspiracy so the conspiracy to take place is probably false so the ones you've cited so far i mean you no know, jfk being killed etc i mean people clearly had motives to do that and especially and to be fair with any political figure you can always create some plausible motives um, so one conspiracy I always like to uh, raise uh, in this uh, context, which actually relates nicely to JFK's Operation Northwoods, which was a Defence Department uh, suggestion 
to uh, shoot down a passenger plane over Cuba, a US one, and then blame it on the Cubans as a pretext of invasion, which interestingly, uh, JFK said no to. And then he got assassinated. Now, whether those two things are linked, they may be, may not be. But the fact is, Operation Northwoods exists and it, and it happens. Well, it, it didn't happen, but it, it, there's evidence there that, you know, they intended, they had a plan to do it. Um, and so the next question you have to ask is, OK, you've got some motivation for it. Is the proposed uh, conspiracy plausible? And I say this is where the debunkers go. They go after these the, the worst forms of uh, conspiracy, which is the idea that well, everything's all at one point, at one place, one one party pulling all the strings all the time. Whereas in reality, there's probably multiple conspiracies from different uh, influence uh, groups, all trying to achieve different goals and different ends. Uh, and um, yeah, you don't need to posit one. I think if you go for kind of like the simplest conspiracy, which you can use to explain the data, I mean, then I think you then go start looking for uh, evidence as to whether that's the case. And that's what Rothbard says in the essay on the conspiracy theory of history. Um, you know, if he makes a very sort of clear, ex- basic example, he says, you know, if, if tariffs go up, you go, well, OK, who you probably think someone lobbied for that. OK, so did someone lobby for it and who did and what's the chain What's the the chain of people wanting those kind of higher tariffs? And, you know, it could end up being, quote unquote, a conspiracy. Um, Now, you have to do the groundwork and actually provide evidence for this. And this is what Rothbard says. You can't just, you know, do what I say, the motivation test and then come up with the best, robust theories and then then say, oh, it happened. You have to go to the evidence for it. But, you know, these things happen. I mean, Rothbard makes the claim. He basically claims that the creation of the Federal Reserve was a conspiracy uh emanating from uh jp morgan and uh the rockefellers and it makes a pretty good case you know they got people of influence and power in various various places and then it was then i think the federal reserve act was pretty much decided at a private duck shooting club called jekyll island i'm pretty sure that the actual legislation that came in was pretty much identical to the one that was drawn up there um so yeah uh, those things happen um so yeah, so we with JFK. I mean, yeah, I said there's possible that he that he was that was assassinated. Um, my my main point here is I think the powers that be and, and anybody really to a large extent doesn't really care what happens to other people, at least not to a large extent. And so it's not really that um, that surprising that you know they might do things that might have negative effects on other people. Um, I think the idea that somehow if the government do something bad, has bad effects, it must just be wrong or mistaken or have bad information. I think it's just woefully naive. Um, and yeah, it, it, I just find a very odd disposition. Too many thoughts on any of that. Um, the woefully naive point is a great point. I used that comment once recently about uh, argument about coronavirus. And I said that. You know, the, the, one of the points is the hospitals are probably inflating their numbers. And here in the United States, hospitals are facing, well, recently were facing two things. A, they were facing actually a budget crisis in the sense that they weren't getting enough money because people weren't doing as many, quote, unquote, unquote, voluntary or unnecessary surgeries, whatever that means, even though things like tuberculosis and cancer might be on the rise afterwards. Anyway, but uh, they weren't doing as much surgeries. And there was actually incentive to say that people died of coronavirus so i think you got a you got a amount of money 
uh, from it. Um, so yes, hospitals were inflating their uh, died of coronavirus numbers. Um, you know, was this a conspiracy? Uh, yes and no. I mean, the, the action was they get 50, I think, I, I forget the number they get, um, but they would get aid, I think, under the, um, again, see, this is the, being, you have, to, you have to know every single detail about this. Oh, you're wrong. Uh, you, you forgot a tiny detail here. But um, from my, that's from my understanding. So there was an aid to inflate their numbers. So there's a classic thing. So you're woefully naive. Um. Um, and what's also annoying is that conspiracy theories generally get focused on the right. This is a right-wing thing. Um, I've always thought the idea that the boss exploits you, which is basically the foundational theory of the Marxist, uh, you know, labor left in almost every country, is itself a conspiracy theory. I mean, aren't you supposed to just trust your official explanations and the official um, official authorities? No. I mean, that would be insane. Uh, and I actually, I am sympathetic. I mean, historical labor history, the Pinkertons were working in conjunction with both large corporations like the Pennsylvania Railroad to, and the U.S. government to quell riots in Pittsburgh. They were. Uh, most labor historians would say that's just the truth. I mean, we have the documents. We have the telegrams. Um, uh, we have the links. I mean, you know, many, many transcontinental railroads, many labor strikes throughout countries were quelled by private organizations in cohorts with the state. Um, 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 so, so in the, in this regard, the, the the labor left believes in what I amounts to a, a conspiracy theory. Now, the conspiracy theory is true, and this goes back to the you know the historical problem. Um, so yeah, so the the far right point is interesting, but then again, that that's the that's just a quick recent historical example. The recent example being inflation of coronavirus. Uh, uh, things. It's hopefully it's woefully naive to believe that everyone just operates in the good interests of everyone. Um, and the Fed, your your history about the Federal Reserve is spot on. Um, it is spot on. Um, um, so so those two things I totally agree with. Um, as far as the um, as far as the uh, other political conspiracy theories, I think I think to a certain extent um, we had a recent episode on Donald Rumsfeld's and the Iraq War. Um, it's not entirely clear that the uh, there was WMD and strong evidence to suggest that there was strong evidence that there was weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. You know, I, I like Rumsfeld's philosophy, but I don't necessarily like his actions. Um, um, but nonetheless, was that a conspiracy theory? I mean, was there ulterior motives? Why did they do this invasion if there wasn't strong evidence? Maybe they wanted to be humanitarians and take out a dictator. Maybe they just wanted to prop up the defense industries. Um, you know, it, 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 it's unclear once you destroy the first official explanation. Um, um, uh, one final point about the coronavirus I think has to be made um, before I talk about the recent QAnon thing is um, the, a while back there was the, uh, the military lab leak um, uh, conspiracy theory. Um that could be true. I don't know why that couldn't be true. Um, I've yet to see any strong evidence either way, uh, either falsifying or saying it's true. Um, but but I, I, I do get annoyed when any time I'm discussing this with and, and people just dismiss it outright that that it, there was some malice intent. Um, in the 1950s, for example, in Saint in, in a, I think a suburb of St. Louis, um, the United States government sprayed like some zinc uh, component on uh, the population just to try it. 
Um, you know, the United States also exposed people to radiation sickness uh, from under they did forced sterilizations. So the idea that the government just, you know, either two things: the government did did something and made a mistake, or the government did something purposely maliceful. They could have just made a mistake in their military lab. So there's something that's another thing that bothers me about the the mainstream discussion of it. You're not even allowed to suggest that um, there's a kind of East German attitude where the idea that you're suggesting the government uh, made a, a mistake or a purposeful error to cause harm is it in itself um, viewed as you're, you're, you're viewed as a thought crime, a criminal or a mind, a thought criminal, basically, or a show name. Um, um, uh, and th there's a recent hub about this QAnon. Um, the, 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 the simple version of the theory, I think, is obviously true. If you look at Wikipedia um, or, or if you look at CNN's coverage it's it's it's, it's described as a far-right conspiracy to take down that the, the deep state is trying to take down donald trump and then there's a second line that says and he's because of a pedophile ring or something like that um, um so the first claim of the theory is obviously true we have the steel dossier the steel dossier was fake it was planted by the dnc to make this russia hysteria people like glenn greenwald and um uh, Jimmy Dore, neither of which are Trumpkins, or Trumpkin bumpkins by no means, both agree that this thing was false. Crystal and Cigar of the Hill Rising also agree that the whole Russia thing was fake, from my understanding. Um, 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 just, a, just a ruse to distract attention um, from the terrible candidate the Democrats ran. Um, um, and actually, many of the people of the Mueller probe might actually go to jail for creating a false um, thing. Whether or not they do, whether they get off is some question. Um, so, yeah, but the, the pedophile ring is also interesting. There was this whole Jeffrey Epstein hubbub. We may never know what exactly happened. Um, this, this, this goes back to the, the covert thing, which we did a few episodes ago on Rumsfeld, which is a philosophy problem. But I think it's just, to a certain extent, other people might know it, but they're either dead or they don't want to talk um, or not interested in talking. And there is a danger to holding certain views. Um, I mean, if you hold views that, that and you're known to hold them, um, and they implicate powerful people or powerful organizations that are able to take you out, um, they can do that. Uh, I mean, I doubt I doubt very many people in East Germany could hold the view that um, that the you know the Russians were uh, you know exploiting them and not true Marxists or or, or something like that. Um, there are certain views that you're just not allowed to hold. Um, if you hold them, you're viewed as a thought criminal. You know, I mean, the United States government does it true. Edward Snowden is currently exiled in Russia for committing a heinous crime of exposing the state of doing mass surveillance, something that the state denied it was doing at the time um, and actually was doing. Same, Julian Assange is a little bit different, um, but you know, Edward Snowden worked for the little organization that was doing it. Um, so yeah, so the QAnon one is interesting. The sort of if you try to steel man the QAnon theory, certain aspects of it are true. Um, so any comments? I brought up three things. I brought up the um, coronavirus hospital numbers. I brought up QAnon. I also brought up a bit about Edward Snowden. Any comments on those three things with him? Well, with the with the U.S. hospitals, it, I mean, I, I remember a doctor saying that you know you got paid loads of money for a coronavirus patient, so obviously you're going to inflate the numbers. Um, hospitals do this all the time. My wife uh, used to work in a hospital in the UK, 
And the management are always uh, doing whatever they can to manipulate figures to make sure they're looking as good as they can. So one of the things in the UK is waiting lists because we have a good socialist healthcare system here. Um, and uh, what they do every time, they do as much, many tricks in the book as they can to uh, get you off the waiting list. So if they offer you two appointments and you can't make them, they'll just re-refer you back to your general practitioner and so you're taken off the waiting list and they have to be re-referred to the consultants again to then go back on the list so they're actually off the list. So it's actually in their interest. If you tell them that I can't do... My dad was talking to a barber who had to have a knee operation and he told the hospital, look, I can't do it. I can't have the operation in, until the end of March or sometime in February because there's no one to take over my barber shop. But what did they do? Is they rang them like a day after he told them that, oh, we've got an appointment for you coming tomorrow. It's like, no, I already told you this. And so what's entirely possible there is they're deliberately trying to give him dates they know he can't do to take him off the waiting list. So these things happen all the time. Um, the Edward Snowden thing is interesting because you might someone might say, oh, well, you know, if the government was uh, surveilling people without um, um, people knowing it, there's loads of people be involved in this conspiracy and, you know, the information would leak out. And it's like, well, it did, but it took a blooming long time. Because the thing is, when people are involved in quote-unquote conspiracies, some of them can believe is actually good for everybody. So the people involved at the NSA could well think that actually surveilling regular people is actually good. And consequently, if they think it's good and they're all part of it and it's a good idea, then, of course, they're not going to... Um, they're not going to... Uh, raise your arm on it because they think it's a good idea so with the whole thing you know you could make the interpretation with um the coronavirus stuff is they want to turn into a quasi sort of chinese system of uh surveillance and like health passports and moving on to uh, social credit some of the technocrats could well think this is better for everybody it will encourage good behavior and people make better life choices and their life will be happier I mean, it's perfectly plausible to create a conspiracy theory in which all the actors think they're doing a good thing and be better for everybody. Um, and I think that is not taken into account by the debunkers, inverted commas. Um, and yeah, with, with the whole QAnon thing, certain aspects may or may not be true. I mean, with Jeffrey Epstein, I think the most likely explanation for Jeffrey Epstein is that he was a uh, Mossad agent running a blackmail op. Uh, I mean, it's a classic thing. You know, you get powerful men. You know, you get some slightly underage girls in there. Uh, you know, you take the photos and you can blackmail them. I mean, it's a pretty straightforward operation. Uh, I think that's possibly uh, like that. Do I know that Epstein was a Mossad agent? No, but it certainly ex is a very good explanation, I think, of what happened uh, there. Um, as an aside with the whole paedophile ring thing, I... I I tend to be slightly sceptical of that because most of the time when it's about paedophiles, I'm talking about 14, 15-year-old girls plus. I mean, okay, they're underage. Is it something I would suggest marriageable age normally? Maybe not. Possibly on, on some occasions maybe. Uh, but they're not like children, children. Um, so I, 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 that's just my complaint about the use of the word paedophile, which I think is very... Um, liberally used uh, which i think is to the detriment of the word itself um so those would be my thoughts on sort of q and um uh snowden 
All right, so we're going to move out of the um, more conventional political conspiracy theories to another category. I, divide, I could divide them up into multiple ways, but I think this is the next type of category. And these are more supernatural or anonymous, anomalous. It's actually a YouTuber, good YouTuber. I think anomalous. Uh, I think that's his name. Um, I'll put it in the show notes page afterwards. Um, and it just discusses activity that is not necessarily that does not fit the standard worldview. Now, in general, when anytime you encounter anomalous activity, that you know, we're both either theists or theist sympathizers. I'm more of a theist sympathizer, um, um, or Christian theist sympathizer. Um, one, anytime you encounter anomalous activities, and this is a book like *Chariots of the Gods* or or many of these sort of alien abduction stories, they'll just say they're demon active demons, um, which is a, a quite which again is outside of the normy. Uh, worldview. Some Christians will in privately say that, but whether many Christians will publicly say that is um, of, of some question here in 2020. Um, um, but these range from like, when there's two, there's two characters. There's like accounts, like so obviously alien abduction um, one. That that's that's one that's interesting. Um, and there's also different types of them. You have like Bob Lazar who's saying the government is either run by or worked on crashed space, space spacecraft. That's another aspect of the alien theory, as well as there's the ancient astronaut theory as well, which is popularized by the History Channel show, um, Ancient Aliens, uh, which just goes around the world looking at old buildings and saying that, you know, or, or old texts and stuff and saying um, that they couldn't be built but the way the mainstream archaeologists um, say they are. Um, so that's a sort of a wide it's, – it's, it's a broad phenomenon of, of activity. Um, um, so there's a so in order to categorize, I have to sort of color it fairly largely. Um, but the, but these these events to me are all quite interesting. Um, the alien abduction ones, again, most, many of them are hoaxes. I fully admit that. Plenty of them hoaxes. 90% of them, alien sightings, 90% of UFO sightings could be explained by completely natural reasons. That 10% number, of that 10% number, it's like that two to three percent. Again, all it takes is one exception. All it takes is one exception to change everything. It does not take, um, you know, you do not need, you know, all it takes is one black swan um, to prove that not all swans are white. It's not, the, you know, you don't, you, <laughs> all it takes is one. Um, 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 uh, uh, so so that, 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 that thing, that philosophical problem about how induction, deduction, I think is very relevant here. In some ways, the debunkers here are uncomfortable of hearing that reality might be weirder, or history might be weirder than is commonly thought. Again, I, I'm I'm in a way. This goes back to my romance of conspiracies. I'm in a way. I'm still a four-year-old child internally. In some ways, you know, I don't. I don't. Again, I don't work for some mainstream or organization, so I don't have no incentive to do it. I don't even work for a mainstream church, so I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't have any. There's no tying me down to. Conventional explanations, um, you know, this is sort of like anti-skin in the game, in a way. Um, so when people people bring up these stories, I find them interesting. I find it interesting that the mainstream doesn't have a clear definition of how the Aztecs or the pyramids could be built. Now, whether or not the aliens built them, maybe that's the same, but then it just explains that there's something else that did it. Um, so in this regard, I think. The conspiracy theories are doing humanity a great service, um, and in actually playing the actual role of a skeptic, not Michael Shermer. Michael Shermer is actually just defending the 
um, um, the not the, the sort of hegemonic view, um, uh, and actually the someone like Graham Hancock or the author of Chariot of the Gods. Quite interesting. You know, Christians have a sort of conventional explanation. That's the think anomalous would suggest. Um, but nonetheless, that is still a weirder explanation about how reality is. So, Swithin, what do you make of the whole um, anomalous activity um, thing? And they range from demons to aliens to to, to, to all sorts of phenomena ranging that. Swithin? Um, I do find it interesting. I haven't looked at some of this stuff for a while. Um, but I'm pretty sure I did watch uh, Chariots of the Gods a number of years ago, which I think was by a guy called Eric Van Daniken. What I find the most interesting about it is um, the highlighting of how uh, technologically advanced civilizations in the past were more advanced than we would typically give them credit for. Um, so I, I'm pretty sure the Egyptians had a basic form of light bulb as well as, as one aspect. It had some basic form of electricity. Um, and... This is not what you would expect because the standard view is one of a sort of a progressive evolutionary theory in which uh, societies just get more and more advanced over time. It's sort of a Whiggish interpretation. Now, of course, there's always the Great Dip, which was the post-Roman period. But you know, thereafter, they got, they got better and better. But, but these early civilizations are basically all stupid, uh, which I don't think is the case um at all now as to what accounts for it well that's a different question aliens they could exist i wouldn't outright deny their possible existence although they would have to be so very very different from humans to actually exist uh and be plausible by that i mean everything we know about anything that we could consider alive now i know there's debates as to what constitutes being alive you know our virus is alive etc anyway, if things that we know are clearly are alive like fish animals etc um you know they're carbon-based life forms you know they use oxygen etc is there really anywhere in the known universe where they such conditions pertain not what we have any knowledge of now then of course you could make the claim ah yes well there may be uh, some planet somewhere that does have it well okay maybe um but it hasn't happened yet i think that's what fermi goes on about in the uh, fermi paradox um now aliens so demons and angels i think in a sense are more plausible um just on the basis that well the whole point of them is that they're not supposed to be material beings or maybe they may have material manifestations but they're kind of immaterial I think that kind of is, at least in principle, more plausible, although as to whether they could exist or do exist, I mean, would be quite difficult to uh, argue for, at least from natural uh, reasoning. But I don't see any reason why they couldn't exist unless you were just uh, you have to be just be convinced physicalist to deny its existence uh, and i think there are grave problems with physicalism and so on that basis i don't think it's uh, necessarily uh, you necessarily you could rule it outright so i mean if you look at an event and you look at all the possible uh 
natural explanations for it and they don't fit, well, then you might have to look somewhere else. I don't see why that is something you should just rule out of hand um, in its entirety. I mean, that's what some of the apologists say for the resurrection would say. I mean, that's sort of a, a similar kind of approach. Um, but, you know, do demons and angels exist all the time? It's hard to say. But I, I, I don't think you can rule them out. I do think they're probably more likely uh, than aliens um, for, for, again, because the way they're sort of set up is, um, you know, they, they are immaterial. I mean, interesting with aliens, uh, Alex Jones in his Joe Rogan interview was saying that, oh, all these elites are in league with aliens. But when you talk to him, what he really means is demons. That's sort of, he says inter, interdimensional aliens, which he says at one point he's basically like demons, which is interesting because, I mean, at least sort of like uh, biblically speaking and other sort of, I mean, it's, it kind of goes to kind of like Faust, you know, there's these evil spirits who will give you great power and influence, but, you know, you know, they'll take your soul and things. And it's like, well, yeah, I could see people trying to take that deal. And so that doesn't seem to me to be massively implausible, at least not theoretically, whether it actually happens isn't the question. But, you know, in principle, I don't see why you should rule it out. So that would be my sort of general take on sort of aliens and um, sort of demons, etc. Interesting. The YouTuber I uh, mentioned is Think Anomalous. He's a he's a great channel. I, I recommend anyone to check it out. Um, as far as the any individual sites, um, um, I actually I, I actually there's a museum I actually visited in Roswell, New Mexico once. Um, it was one of my favorite museums I've ever visited. Um, as a kid, I, to a certain extent, was always interested in aliens, um, so it was a bit of a homage to go visit there. But but I went there with my father. I sort of spooked my dad uh, because they, there is a lot of um, – now, again, whether or not Roswell is a – this is one I know somewhat – well, whether or not it is an actual event or it's a or it's a manufactured or it's just a weather balloon um, – um, I think a lot of the debunkers, and actually Michael Shermer in this way is more honest than a lot of debunkers. Michael Shermer is aware of how tempting and how, uh, quote-unquote, true that certain um, conspiracy theories, quote-unquote, conspiracy theories are. Um, the you know the evidence to reject it, the hypothesis or the event is, is not always is not always slam dunk as they made it out to be. Um, and, and one of the troubles is like someone like Bob Lazar. Why would he be lying? I mean, there's a there's a clear motive from be lying. He just wants some books to make money in books and uh and, and have publicity. That could be the case. Um, but you know, when I watched the interview with Bob Bazaar, that that seems like it seems like he's telling it seems like he's telling the truth. Again, he could be lying. I told he could be lying. Many of these people are talking about these deathbed confessions about various things could be totally lying. I totally agree. And as far as the historical theories, they could be just advanced society. Um, 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 but I think people should at least be willing to entertain the possibility um, that uh, something like this exists and that something like this could exist. I don't think they're outside the, the phenomena of plausibility as much as they get uh, routinely uh, stated. I, you know, I, I don't think people should laugh at the alien theorists, which is sometimes what the alien theorists get mocked at, but they, that's that's just that's just as Frank Sinatra says, that's just life. They're gonna get mocked. I, I don't mock them, but but um, now we're moving to third carries. I think these are more fun and interesting 
Um, and this will be the last category. This might be a somewhat shorter episode, but this will be the last category of conspiracy theories. Neither political nor it's outside the realm of quote unquote possibility. Um, these are just more har harmless theories, um, and they range from Bigfoot uh, to river monsters to Loch Ness and Chassis. These are all to me uh, quite interesting. I, I I think there are I think there are theories that suggest that. Uh, Bigfoot is completely plausible. And as an aside on Bigfoot, um, um, which is not explicitly related to Bigfoot, uh, which reminds me of one more thing I want to get talked about before we do this, um, is this just the whole age of the Earth debate. Um, um, it's worth pointing out that, that currently um, it's, it's, we're in the opposite position that the Scopes monkey trial was in. Uh, it's a conspiracy to believe that the Earth is not millions of years old. Before then, it was a conspiracy theory to believe that the Earth was built millions of years old. Um, um, and this, this goes back to the Kuhnian understanding of science um, and the age of the Earth. Uh, so I do think that is what, what made me bring that up was the evolution thing. That's the Bigfoot, uh, the missing link. Um, this is another interesting phenomena here. Um, 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 is, you know, is evolution or a conspiracy theory? I don't know. Uh, I do think evolution is a plausible theory. Um, but, you know, as Stephen Meyer suggests, there's not as much evidence um, that Darwin probably thought there would be. Um, this is another thing that Michael Shermer tends to engage in um, in debates uh, regarding uh, uh, the plausibility of evolution and so forth. But again, I think it's worth pointing out that the evidence is not as strong as they stated it. Now, whether or not this proves creationism, who knows? Um, um, but it's at least a plausibility, or at least that the current explanation doesn't account for all, uh, all, all problems or all strains of exceptions. Um, so, it's within. We'll be finishing this up episode. So, a few comments on evolution, as well as the comments on the harmless ones. As far as the harmless ones, I think like Chessy or or Champ. I think people should just get a little, you know, we'll actually get, just calm down a bit. Don't get, don't get all twisted over someone thinking that they saw Bigfoot. These are just fun. Um, and then as far as evolution, any comments on that? Well, in a way, I kind of think they're related um, because a, a lot of the um, theories of these sort of more wilder sort of uh, animal existence you know, you could plausibly claim are sort of larger reptiles or mammals from an earlier age. But then if you take the standard um, evolutionary model, then they shouldn't exist. And therefore, um, and therefore, uh, you know, we, we, they're just silly, you know, they, they couldn't they couldn't possibly exist. So I, I do think they're related uh, with a Loch Ness Monster. I don't know whether I think the Loch Ness Monster exists or not. I have an argument, you know, it, it's got the wrong type of stone and stuff there. It was like limestone that might make more sense. I think, you know, they're, they're, they're broadly harmless. Although I say like Bigfoot and stuff, um, I wouldn't be surprised if even if Bigfoot doesn't exist anymore, um, it probably did exist at some point. My general view is that it's rare for things to come from absolutely nowhere of this uh, this sort of type. Um, with evolution in general, 
Um, in a certain sense, certain aspects of evolution is uncontroversial. Uh, I mean, an obvious example here would be selective breeding. I mean, you could say, oh, that's an example of evolution. Fine. Then when you get to the hard cases, then it could be true, but you end up hand waving. And I think a lot of the time evolution, despite looking like an empirical um, sort of uh, empirically generated um, theory, is kind of just an a priori position. It's, well, the eye must have evolved. Well, why? Well, because if it didn't have uh, survival uh, benefits for it to come into existence, then it wouldn't have come into existence. And it did come into existence, therefore it evolved. It's like, hmm, that doesn't seem entirely cogent. Um, so, I, I and then, of course, you know, just the evolution in general, abiogenesis is always a huge problem. You know, how do you go from non-life to life? Um, how, how is that transition actually made? Um, also, what I would note as well is lots of species can change very rapidly over a quicker time period than you think they would. Um, I think some like selective breeding in dogs for uh, husky racing basically generate. I don't. I, I'm I, I'm vague with the appropriate terms of breed, but they kind of got something quite very different after not that long of. Uh, of breeding uh, to something that was quite radically different from the husky, dog, husky dogs existed before. Uh, what they bred them for was not speed, but the fact that they just kept going because there was a change in the type of dog that they used. And that was actually interesting in a book called The Sports Gene by David Epstein, which is worth reading. Um, in general, that's just a book on uh, how influential um, you know genes are in your success in sports. But I did find that uh, point with respect to um, uh, sort of development of dogs of interest but in general with these things I, d I don't see why people just go oh no that couldn't exist I mean I, I think again it comes down to a very narrow sort of oh naturalist uh, view of things and that or anything that's not in our common experience couldn't possibly exist and is crazy I mean it might be crazy but it shrugged off far too easily, and they I don't think they take uh, appropriate account of the evidence that people bring for the potential existence of it. They just sort of rubbish it, as opposed to, just kind of, I think, looking at it more seriously. So that would be my, my general take on that. Um, the, yeah, the link between... Um... Uh, views on evolution and naturalism, as well as the existence of things like large uh, creatures from a, probably from another time, possibly from another time. Uh, yeah, that is quite clear. That that's one of the reasons why I, it reminded me of that um, um, of that point. I'm glad I got to evolution. Um, yeah, it, it, naturalism does to certain things function as a almost a tautological a priori position about. Well, the only things that can exist are things that emerged um, from a naturalistic framework and since they exist uh therefore they had to go through this process um uh, and you it, it sounds silly restating it that way but um because it's in some ways it's a silly it's now whether or not all a priori arguments are silly that's we don't know but it it, it does it is sort of mask it's an a priori theory masquerading as, a, as an empirical theory um which points back to Stephen meyer's 
point um, that the evidence is not as slam dunk as they make it sound. Um, if it was slam dunk as they make it sound, um, there might there might actually be more. Um, 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 there wouldn't be as much smoke. I mean, you wouldn't need these. Uh, you wouldn't have all these uh, these these uh, institutions, which uh, I forget his name that he runs. Stephen Meyer runs as well as some others. And even David Berlinski, um, an atheist, um, thinks that the intelligent design theory is at least more plausible than evolution. Again, whether or not you falsify X doesn't mean that that thing Y is the case necessarily, but it is plausible. Um, yeah, and, and in general, it's people's lack of curiosity here um, that in, through all conspiracy theories um, is to me the quite interesting phenomena um, and how willing people are just to go along with the conventional view, um, um, just in some ways just to get along. Um, um, and in some ways, they don't even they don't even have a good way to defend their conventional view. They just call it you. Oh, you're a conspiracy theorist or you're a fringe young earth creationist. Now, I'm, I'm somewhat agnostic on a lot of conspiracy theories, including the age of the earth. Um, but I do I do. I am willing to listen to Stephen Meyer. And I do think I do think he's interesting. I do think he actually might provide a more plausible framework for the origins, the natural uh, uh, phenomena. Uh, uh, just because there's not a heck of a lot of of linking fossils and and the time thing you just they just sort of assume time um, as well uh, but I don't want to get too much into that this is sort of just a general discussion on conspiracy theories you know which is somewhat kicked off by the recent QAnon hysteria and my first again I'm going to restate what I said the first upon first reading many aspects of that is true I don't know what people are saying it's mostly false. Um, if anything, is it's certain aspects of them are true, and and this sort of relates to my other views on things. Um, I mean, I used to be more, much more normie, so I used to be a normie. I used to dismiss conspiracy theories, but I started looking into things, and and I found that many of these, well, there's smoke, there tends to be fire, and, and many of these theories just tends to be plausible claims behind them. Um, funnily enough. Uh, the one that routinely gets dismissed is the flat earth one. Now, again, I'm not a flat earther by any means, but many of the problems people state towards the flat earth can easily be answered. Um, um, the one about them the, uh, crossing the Atlantic and Pacific Oceans, um, if you take the – if you just look at a map that's laid out flat, you can technically cross the oceans. You know, if you just take a game you – know, if you play a game like Battleship and you put the continents on the map, um, you can cross the ocean. It, you can fly the ocean. It's doable. Um, you, you know, you just fly around the poles, so to speak. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a board. Um, you just have to go. And actually, technically, I think airlines when they fly north, they do fly uh, on uh, flight patterns that are parabolas, not straight lines. Um, now, now, of course, you could say, well, you can't go from Hawaii across the international state line, but that's not what people say. People don't bring that claim up people bring another claim up they'll say well how do you explain thing xyz so the, the one that's routinely dismissed i find has so hashtag joey diaz again i'm not a flat earther but there is some plausible um undercurrents to it, it didn't come out of nowhere and the, the um it didn't come out of nowhere and and actually this is where the normie kami sense view is the earth is flat because uh, if you walk out if you just look out the earth, you look out the window. It does sort of look like the earth is flat. Um, so yeah, so in general, 
I think there's much more plausibility to many of these things. Um, and in some ways, I'm a Kuhnian in the sense that, that I think that, that this is the sort of democratic consensus view of, of science, which is a problematic view, uh, where, where you know, in the future age, we might actually have things might get changed. Um, new, new beliefs might get changed. Um, but maybe I'm just a contrarian and I just like to, to find fringe or radical or off things. Who knows? Swithin, any final comments and then you want to wrap the episode up? It's been enjoyable talking to you about this. So my view with um, the flat earth theory is I don't think, as you said, I don't think it's immediately as stupid as people make it out to be. You know, the world looks flat and certain, or it looks some kind of curve. And so, you know, it isn't entirely unreasonable. People might create sort of theories that the earth was flat. I mean, I'm pretty sure people did think it was flat for a while, though in the Greek period, it was sort of believed then to be round. I think Aristotle measures like uh, the horizon and then concludes that the earth must be a sphere. Um, my main issue though, with um, the flat earth theories, I just don't think it passes the motivation test. I don't see why people would, falsify um, pictures from space that make the Earth look round as a sphere. I just don't really see any um, monetary or influential um, gain and you'll get from from it. I mean, it could be a massive trolling exercise, but as an inside joke, but that just doesn't seem to me to be as strong strong enough uh, reason for such an elaborate... um, sort of conspiracies it were to to exist although I, I say i do think that if you do steel man the position it isn't as stupid as it would seem i'd just like now to thank everyone for listening and if you've enjoyed the show please share it with your friends and family and subscribe to us on youtube and Podbean. the more subscribers we get the higher up the uh, rankings we get and the more people who can enjoy the show and if you'd like to contact the show uh, with ideas or any topics you think we should cover please contact us at mindcrimelibertyshow at gmail.com. That's mindcrimelibertyshow at gmail.com.